Welcome to Legacy Church. Thank you for joining us in our journey to see our potential in Christ become a legacy in our community. We hope that you are encouraged by this word from Pastor Chad Owens and pray that you will walk away with something incredible from your time here with us. Just a couple of things that I want to mention there in those announcements. Today, again, our teenagers are selling mums. Uh, they're available today. There's a, a trailer full that's behind the church right now, but we will make that available to anybody who wants to buy those. Everything that comes in goes out towards our missions pledge that, that's, that our teenagers have pledged this year. So we don't keep any of it here. It comes in and goes right back out to, to bless missionaries. So be aware of that. Also, next Sunday is Youth Pastor Appreci- Appreciation Day. We're going to have breakfast. So that's just a day that we're going to come and celebrate Logan and Shelby. They work hard. They do some incredible things here at our church, and we want to show them how much we appreciate them. We'll take up a love offering for them, but we're also going to have breakfast available. So if you guys want to come and join us, it'll be a great day to come and be part of that. And the last thing I want to mention this is today at the end of the service, we're going to be taking up a special offering for the Green family. Uh, many of you guys know who that is, that um, Ben and Lauren just recently lost Rosalind. She went to be home with the Lord. And I know that through all the medical things and everything, there's been, a, there's been a lot of things that have occurred over the time because, you know, medical bills are very expensive. All that stuff is very expensive. So we want to take up an offering to bless their family, to help kind of alleviate some of that pressure of everything that's built up over the last nine months. Amen. Is that okay? I believe that. And I prayed for it this week. I believe that's what we're supposed to do. So we're going to do that at the end of the service. We're going to take up an offering for them. And again, whatever comes in goes right back out to them because we want to be a blessing to them. Amen. How many of you guys are ready for God's word this morning? I'm, listen, I'm just telling you, I'm excited to preach. I, I, I just feel it in my spirit today. I'm, I'm excited to share. Not that I don't every Sunday, but I, I just feel something in my spirit today that God is going to challenge us and God's going to do some new things in our life. So today we're starting a brand new series called Dangerous Prayers. It's called Dangerous Prayers. How many of you know this, that prayer is important? Raise your hand if you know prayer is important. Prayer is so important, and here's the reason why it's important. Because it connects you to the heart of God. It connects you to the heart of God. It allows you uh, the opportunity to communicate with God. But not only does it allow you to communicate with God, but it allows God to communicate with you. He, He gets to speak into your life as well as you get to speak into Him. And I know sometimes that's crazy that that we get to speak to God and we get to hang out with God, but it's just like you sitting beside a friend. That's what God wants your relationship to be with him. That he wants, the Bible says that he's closer than a friend. That he is right there in the midst of us. That when we call on his name, he's right there. So prayer is so important to communicate and to talk to God because our Heavenly Father, as we were were worshiping, as I was thinking about that, man, the, the creator of all things that created everything, takes time out of his day to spend with me. That just amazes me. I talked about that a little bit last week, how much God loves and how much God cares about me, that he would take time to spend with me and to hang out with this this no-good individual. Matthew chapter 6, verses 14, the Message Bible says it this, this way. In prayer, there's a connection between what God does and what you do. A connection is made when you and I pray to God. Just like there's a connection that's being made when you and your spouse or you and your friends sit down and talk and spend time together. There's a connection that's made between the two. 
You see, this morning or over the next several weeks, we're going to be looking at three different types of prayers. And I want to warn you this morning is this. The prayers that we're going to be looking at are not easy prayers. They're not safe prayers. They're not gentle prayers. We're calling them dangerous prayers. Not that, and, and, and when I say dangerous, they're dangerous in a good way, not a bad way. Because there's nothing about God that's dangerous. Nothing about God that's dangerous. But it's, it's dangerous in a good way. And here's what I thought. Too many times that you and I pray, we pray safe prayers. What do I mean by safe prayers? How do we normally pray? Well, let me give you an example. This is how I pray sometimes. God bless us. God help us. God keep us safe. God protect our travel. Do you get the picture? That's how we pray sometimes. God bless us. God bless them. God keep them safe. God protect them. Keep them safe as they travel. That's how we pray sometimes. And there's nothing wrong with those prayers. Don't, please don't misunderstand me this morning. There's nothing wrong with those prayers. But those are safe prayers. They're not dangerous prayers. Dangerous in a way that when you pray it, that you're afraid that God's going to answer it. Because God wants us to learn how to pray dangerous prayers. There's nothing wrong with a safe prayer. But I don't want to just stay in the safety that I, that I know, normally know and stay at in my life. I want to step out of that safety. I want to step out of my comfort zone. Because I know, as I said earlier, that there's more in God. And that when I step out, God's going to meet me and He's going to take me to that next place. So I don't want my Christianity to become safe. I don't want to live in a comfort zone. I want to live however God wants me to live. And that sometimes is, it can, be, can be scary and it can scare us. You see, here's what I want us to learn how to pray. Is pray prayers that scare you. Pray those prayers that you're just like, oh, man, that's scary. That's even, that's even scary for me to say it that way. Why? Because when you learn to pray those prayers, understand this this morning. It's not scaring God, but it does scare you. Why? Because it means that you have to change if you decide to pray that prayer. Listen, don't pray it if you don't want to change. I don't mean that negatively. I don't mean that ugly. Listen, if you're not willing to change, then don't, don't pray those prayers. Because if you pray those prayers and you mean those prayers, then God's going to do something new in your life. That's why I call it dangerous. Because we as Christians, as the church, we have to learn not to live in the comfort zone. Because what happens in the comfort zone? You become comfortable. You, become, you fall asleep like I do. You know, at 5 o'clock in the afternoon when I'm laying on the, on the couch. Come on, you guys know what I'm... I, listen, as a teenager, I used to... I know this is terrible, I shouldn't say this. I used to make fun of my dad when he would do that. We'd have company at the house and he'd be over there like... And guess who's doing the same thing now? Tracy's like, wake up. There's people. Just because I've, I've got comfortable, I've, I've fallen asleep. You see, do you remember the story in Joshua chapter 10 where Joshua prayed a dangerous and impossible prayer? He asked God, listen, he asked God to make the sun stand still in the sky. And guess what God did? He answered it. He answered Joshua's prayer. He prayed a dangerous, impossible prayer that he prayed this. God, just make the sun stand still in the sky. And God delayed the sun from going down on that day. 
That's a dangerous prayer. That's an impossible prayer when you look at it. But today, I want to focus our prayer life on something else. And I want to call it not only dangerous prayers, but I want to say it this way. Search me, God. Search me. Look at my life, God. Search my life, God, and tell me what's wrong. Tell me where I'm missing it. God, what do I need to change? What do I need to do different? What do I need to become that I'm not right now? Search me. Don't search everybody else. Search me, God. Why? Because it starts right here. It starts with me. It starts with you. So I want you to bow your heads this morning. I want to pray over you a prayer that that I found this week, and it says this. So just close your eyes if you don't mind. It says, Heavenly Father, as hard as this is for me, I'm asking you to search me. Search me, God, and know my heart. God, test my motives. Reveal to me my anxious thoughts. Show me anything in me that offends you. God, I want to see you in me what you see in me. So I can become more like Jesus. God, I ask you to search me. Search me, oh God. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. How many times, guys, how many times do you find yourself praying for other people? Think about it just for a moment. How many times do you find yourself praying for other people? God bless them. God heal them. God help them, right? Again, there's nothing wrong with that, but I want, you to, I want to ask you something this morning that's very important. Who's praying for you? Are you praying for yourself? And I want to tell you this morning, listen to me. It's okay to pray for yourself. It's okay to pray for yourself. Because if you're anything like me, we're always praying for other people, right? All the time, we're, we're constantly praying for other people. Why? Because hopefully we feel that somebody is praying for us. But you know, understand this morning, it's okay to pray for yourself. It's okay to put yourself on the prayer list. There's nothing wrong with that. Well, that's selfish. No, it's not selfish. There's nothing selfish about that. Now, if you were just praying about yourself all the time, that's a little bit different. But if you're praying not only for yourself, but also for other people, there's nothing selfish about that at all. But we got to learn how to pray for ourselves. we got to learn how to take ourselves before the throne room of God and understand that God is wanting to do something new in our life. You see, we want God to do big things in the lives of other people, right? We want to see God move in other people's lives. But what about us? Do you want to see God move in your life? Do you want to see God do big things in your life? I mean, we'll pray it for other people, but sometimes we don't pray it for ourselves. And God's like, well, why are you not praying that for yourself? Why are you not praying that? You're praying that for this person. Or you, you're praying it for, why are you not praying that for yourself? You want to see big things happen over there, but what about you? Why don't you want to see big things happen in your life? Listen, I want big things to happen in, in all of your lives. But can I tell you, I want, I want big things to happen in me. I want God to do new things in my life and, and, and awaken my spirit to things I've never seen before. Because we, don't, we, won't, we won't give it a second thought to pray for somebody else. But sometimes we have to lift up our own self towards God and say, God, search me. God, God wants to do amazing things in your life just like he wants to do in somebody else's life. Listen, we have faith to believe that God can and will do something in other people's lives, but yet we lack faith when it comes to you and I. We believe that he'll do it over here, but 
I don't know if he'll do it for me. I don't know if he can do it for me. But he will. The same faith that you pray for other people, take that same faith and, pray and, and apply it to your own life. And pray for yourself. Bring yourself before the throne room of God. Don't be afraid to pray for yourself. Listen, when you woke up this morning or when you wake up in the morning or whenever you pray, pray for yourself but so that God would do new things in your life and awakening your own spirit. And here's, here's the reason I say that. Because we get busy praying for so many other people and praying for so many other needs that we allow ourselves... We, we, you and I kind of take a step back in our life. We get so focused on praying other people and thinking about other people and, and asking God to do things in their life that we forget about us. And the Bible says in sec, uh, Song of Solomon, it's not many times that you, re, that you repeat Song of Solomon, but Song of Solomon chapter 2, verses 15, it says this. It says, catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyards, our vineyards that are to bloom. You see, when we are so focused about other people, sometimes the little foxes will come into our life and will ruin what God's trying to do in our life. Because we're so focused elsewhere. We're so praying for all these other things. We're praying for all these other people that if we're not careful, the little foxes will come into our own life and begin to spoil what God is trying to do in us. You see, we're a fruit tree. We're called to bear fruit. And when we allow the little foxes to come into our own, and when I say little foxes, I mean little sins, little things that, that sometimes that we forget about. When we allow those things to hang around in our life and, and stay put in our life, those things begin to, to, to destroy the fruit tree. They begin to destroy what God's trying to do in our heart. Why? Because we're focused about praying for everybody else and doing everything else in somebody else's life that we forget about us. And God's saying, don't forget about yourself. Let me begin to do something new in your heart. We're called to bear fruit. We're fruit trees. We're planted in the garden to produce fruit. That's what God's called us to do. But when we allow the enemy to come in to our lives, or, or we, as I said earlier, we sweep that little bit of sin under the rug and try to forget about it, that's what spoils the fruit in our life. And God says, listen, if there's something there, get rid of it. And we're going to look at, look at that in just a moment. So my main scripture this morning is this, Psalms 139, verses 23 and 24 says this. This is King David speaking this. He says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. That's David, he's, that's David praying a prayer where he's saying, God, I need you. I need you more and more and more in my life. But God, there's some things that I need to get rid of in my life. But God, I need you to search me and tell me what those are because there are times that we forget about those things. We forget about those things that, that's in our life. And so what we need is to God for you to search me and tell me what those things are so that I can get rid of them. You see, David had enemies. And those enemies were coming after David. They were, they were forcing their way towards David. And notice David didn't defend himself, but this is what David did. He begins to pray. He doesn't pray for other people. He doesn't pray for the people that are coming after him. But the Bible says that he prayed for himself. 
In that moment, when the enemies were coming after him, and the enemies were trying to get him, a man that was anointed by God is now living in a cave, praying a prayer for himself, because he knew he needed change. He needed something new in his life. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Notice the very first thing that David says. Number one, if you're taking notes, is this. Search me. Search me, O God, and know my heart. You see, we know and understand that God's uh, omniscient. We know that He knows all things. We know that He knows all things about us. So if God is is all-knowing, then why would David pray this prayer? If God knows everything, if God knows every detail about your life, and can I tell you this morning, that's a little scary. Because there's some people that don't know anything about you, but God knows everything. He knows what you're thinking right now, so if it's bad thoughts towards me, I forgive you ahead of time. Just kidding. But God knows what you're thinking. God knows what's going on in your life. But David says, search me, O God. And know my heart. So if God knows it, why is David praying it? Here's the reason why David prayed it. Because he needed to know if there's something there that wasn't pleasing to God, or something that he forgot about, or something that he allowed in his life that's spoiling his fruit, he needed to know what it was. Are you ready? So he could change. He needed to know and understand, God, what is in my life that's keeping me from you? God, what is it in my life that's spoiling my life? God, what is it in my life that I keep going back to? God, what is the hidden sins that nobody knows about in my life that I keep hiding from you? God, what are those things? Can I tell you this morning? That's a dangerous prayer. That's a very dangerous prayer to pray, but that's how God wants you to pray. Search me. Not, God, do something in my wife. God knows that she needs Jesus. But search me. Search my heart. God, let it start at home. Let it start with me. Why? Because David need to know and understand if there's something that he forgot about, if there's something that's there, he needed to get rid of it. Please understand me this morning, and I'm going to tell you something that that you probably don't already know, but I'm going to tell you something. We are not good people. Well, pastor, that's mean. How dare you? You're not good either. You're right, I'm not. You know what makes me good? God. Do you know what helps me to do the things that I don't want to do and forgive people that I don't want to forgive and love people that I don't want to love? You know what helps me? His name is God. And if I don't have him living in my life, then I can't be what God needs me to be. I am not a good person. Look at your neighbor and say, you're not good. You're not good. None of us are good. The only thing that makes us good is a man named God. You see, Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9 says this, The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? The heart is deceitful. The heart is bad. That's you and I. We are bad people. No, really, Pastor, I'm really a good person. Okay, let me speak to me then. I'm a bad person. But what makes me good is God. That's how I know that I'm okay. Why? Because I don't rely on myself. I rely on Him. You see, we're wicked people. We're deceitful people. We lie to people. That's what we do. And sometimes we don't even realize that we're doing it because we've done it for so long. 
And those are the things that David was saying, search me, O God, and know my heart so that those things could get out of my life so, I don't, so I'm not that person anymore. You see, we sometimes we do things that just, we just, we've done it for so long and we don't even know we're doing it. We complain all the time. We gripe all the time. We, we, all these things, that's what we do. Why? Because we're not good people. And sometimes we need God to search our hearts so that we can get rid of that junk because that's the stuff that will spoil what God's trying to do in our heart, in our life. James chapter 3, verses 10 says this. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, that's not right. Blessing and cursing come out of the same mouth. And that's not right. We will bless God over here, but we will curse people over here. That's not right. And that's what God's trying to change. May blessing come out of your mouth and never cursing or curses towards people. So those are the things that spoil the vine. Those are the things that rob us from what God's trying to do in our heart and our life. So David says, listen, I need you to search me, God, because I need to get rid of that thing in my life. The heart is deceitful above all things, and we need not to pray, be afraid to pray dangerous prayers. Search my heart, O oh God, and show me what's there that needs to change in my life. If there's anything that needs to come out, God, let me get rid of it. Because I don't want to be a fake Christian. I want to be a real Christian. I want people to see the real, authentic relationship that I have for you, not something that I fake on Sunday mornings. I want to be real, God. So that means that I've got to pray real prayers. Search my heart, God. Search me, because that's a dangerous prayer. Here's why it's dangerous. Because when we pray it, we're asking God to show us things in our heart that's not pure. That's why it becomes dangerous. Because you're asking God Almighty to show you what it is in your life that needs to change. That's a dangerous prayer. You see, we're, we're afraid to pray those prayers. Why? Because if we pray those prayers and God answers those prayers, that means that we got to change. Because we've become accustomed to live in a certain way, and that's the way we like it. So God's, David says, search me, O God, and know my heart. I'm deceitful, God. I'm a, I'm a liar, God. I'm a, I'm a sinner, God. You know all those things, God. Get, help me to get rid of those things in my life so I can become more and more like you. It's a dangerous prayer. You see, when you pray those prayers, what happens, it brings you into a deeper intimacy with God. We're allowing the Holy Spirit to transform us so that we become more and more like God. When you pray that prayer, it draws you closer to God. If David prayed that prayer... Listen to me. If David prayed that prayer, a man that God says, hey, he has my heart. He loves me. He's concerned about me. He's walking in my ways. If, if David prayed that prayer, guess who needs to pray it? I need to pray it. I need to learn to pray that prayer just like David did. So search me, oh God, and know my heart. Number two is this. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. You see, when you go through a test, a test reveals what's on the inside of your life. I want to ask you a question this morning, and I want you to be honest with yourself. How many of you guys worry? Just raise your hand. I got my hand lifted. We worry. How many of you guys are anxious sometimes about things? That's us. We worry. We, we, we're anxious about things. And let me tell you something this morning. The devil wants you to worry. The devil wants you to be anxious. The devil wants you to doubt. He wants you to be afraid. Why? Because when you live in fear... It keeps you paralyzed in the moment, and we don't move towards God and what God's wanting for us. We're, we're afraid. We worry. 
We're anxious. What's going to happen? What's not going to happen? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Uh, all the time. And, da- and, and, and David was like, God, test me. Get, let me know what's, what's anxious about me. God, help me not to worry. Help me not to be that way. What are we afraid of? You see, fear will always tell you uh, that you don't need to change. Fear will always tell you that everything is okay in your life. That you keep living the way that you're living right now. That it's okay. That's what fear tells you to do. Because that's the enemy. The enemy doesn't want you to change. He doesn't want you to pray dangerous prayers. He wants you to pray safe prayers. That's the way he is. That's, the how, he, that's how he operates. He, 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 doesn't, he wants you to be afraid and not do anything different than what you're doing right now. Carrie and Sharon, I want you guys to come on up here this morning. They didn't know I was going to do this. Let's come on up. Just stand right here if you don't mind. I want to do a little illustration that I thought about this morning. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the devil. And you're like, yeah, you are, old goat. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to be the devil for a moment. This is God, and this is, this is Trent. Everybody say, hey, Trent. Let me show you what worry does. Worry takes you by the hand like this. This is the devil. I'm not going to hold your hand like this. That's weird. This is what worry does. It, it just constantly, just, what happens, it just constantly pulls you away from where God is. It just keeps you pulling, and it will keep you going wherever, wherever, you, wherever, you, it, wherever you allow it to lead you, that's where it will take you. Because you're what? You worry and you're afraid. And before long, stay right there. Before long, what happens is, at one time, Trent was right here beside God, but he began to worry about things that he can't change. He began to be anxious about things that he can't change. And before long, when he was standing here beside God and his relationship with God was, was perfect, well, was good, not perfect, was good. So he began to worry, he began to fret, he began to get upset, he began to doubt, and look where he is now. He's in a position that he never thought he would be because he began to worry and he began to have doubt in his life who God is. You see, he don't trust him anymore. He don't trust him like he used to because he's trying to take everything in his own hands and do it his own way. So now there's a difference in between God and where Trent is and there's this huge space that the enemy comes in and begins to spoil the fruit that's in your life because you're there and God's here. And God, what God's trying to say to you is this. You need to be here at all times. Come on, Trent, you can come back up here. You can redeem yourself. I forgive you. Come on up here. So Trent is now realizing, you know what, I can't worry like that. I can't think that way. I can't live that way. I can't be anxious about money. I can't be afraid of this. I can't be afraid of that. Why? Because it's pulling me away from my relationship with God. And what's keeping me where I need to be is called trust. The more you worry, the more you're anxious, the more you fret over things in your life, you cannot change one minute of it. It just destroys you on the inside. And we're living in fear, guys. We're, we're calling ourselves Christians. We're here on Sunday morning. You guys can sit down. Thank you. We're here on Sunday morning. We're worshiping God. And we're living in fear. We're living in anxiety. We're living in all these things. And we wonder why God's not doing what He needs to do. It's because we don't trust Him enough. Because we're so afraid. Oh, my God. What happens if you ask me to lift my hand? Somebody might see me. Who cares? Oh, my gosh. What if you call me to go down front? Hallelujah, because God wants to do something new in your life. How do I say that? Because I know that was me. I can tell you, she can tell you. There were times where I was sitting in services and God was moving so much and I was so prideful that I would not do anything. I would not move. And here's the reason I wouldn't move, because I was afraid. And here's what the devil was telling me. Hey, Chad, 
You know, if you step out, everybody's going to go, what's wrong with this guy? That's what he was telling me. And we allow fear to dictate us and lead us and, and guide us and pull us away from who God is. And David says, God, test me. Show me what's there in my life. Because I don't want to worry. I don't want to doubt. I don't want to live that way, God. I want to live how you want me to live, God. Because I can't change it. I can't change the past. But what I can do is do something about the future. I can't change it. But, so why am I worrying about it? Why do I care what other people think about me? I'm that guy. Listen, when I'm preaching you, I'm preaching right back. Why do I care what people think? I have no idea, but I do. And we're so concerned about pleasing other people that we forget about pleasing Him. We're so caught up in, oh my God, i got to please BJ, or I hope I don't say something wrong over here. Or, I hope I... We live that way, and, and, we're, and we're, instead of pleasing God, we're more about pleasing my wife, or pleasing my husband, or pleasing the pastor, because I'm here on Sunday. That's how we live. And God says, get, a, get away from that living. That's terrible living. That's the enemy. That's the enemy trying to, do, to bring you to a place. So what are we afraid of? Can I tell you this morning, God is in control. Thank you. That was a good place to say amen this morning. God is in control. When I talked to him this morning, guess what? He was still on the throne. He's not worrying. He's not upset. He's not doubt. He's still there. And we have to know and understand that he's still there and there's nothing I can do to change the situation. I just trust God to know, God, you see it clearly than I do. You see it better than I do, so I trust you. I trust you, God. Search me, oh God. What is in my life that's wrong that I need to get rid of? What are we afraid of? Are we afraid of losing our job? Are we afraid of losing a loved one? Are we afraid of not getting married? Are we afraid of failing? Are we afraid of the future? All these things we worry and we become anxious about all these things that eventually we lose trust in who God is. What God's word says. Trust, search me, oh God, test me. So what's wrong? I can get rid of it in my life. That worry just pulls us away from God. We stop trusting finances and all these other things. And we don't, we don't trust God anymore. Can I be honest with you this morning? Is that okay? I remember the day that Teresa came to the church when, in Madison when we lived there. And she was so excited. So excited. An old buzzkill over here, you know. Old man of God. Woo. She comes to me. She says, hey, I, I, I really feel like God's leading us back to Gadsden to plant a church. And you know what the first thing that came into my mind was, besides no, was this. I become afraid. And this is what I said to myself. God, I can't do that. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not a great leader. That's, that, that happened here. I started doubting God. God, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. God, there's no way. People are not going to. I can't do it. I'm just being honest with you this morning. That's what I did. And you know what she kept telling me? Over and over, God's going to use you greatly. God's going to do great things through you. Just trust him. But Teresa, I can't, I don't, I, just trust him. Listen to his voice. Step out where you need to step out and, and trust God to see what he will do in your life. I was afraid. I was afraid. Because I knew in my heart that I would not be able to do what God's called me to do. I was not good enough and I'm not smart enough. And God says, you're right, you're not good enough and you're not smart enough. But guess what? I make things 
that are impossible possible. Because you're following me. I'm not following my own agenda. I did not call myself to plant a church. God did. So when God calls me, he, he gives me what I need in my life. When I'm not afraid to step forward and walk in the calling that God's given me in my life. So I don't have to be afraid. Even though sometimes I get afraid and I worry. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. God says, I'm still on the throne. There's no reason to worry, Chad. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 says this. For we live by believing and not by seeing. Live your life by faith. Don't be, listen, don't be afraid to fail. How many times are we so afraid of failing? I don't want to, I don't want to fail. I don't want to fail. I don't want to fail. If God's leading you, you're not going to fail. You're not going to be a failure if God's leading. If you're doing what God's called, you're not a failure. You're, you're stepping into the place that God has for you. And again, we're so more, more worried about pleasing people than we are pleasing God. First John chapter 4, verses 18 says this, There's no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to live that way. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says this, For God has not given us the spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. David said, Test me, God. Show me my anxious thoughts so that I can stop putting my trust in things and myself and putting my trust in you. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be afraid to pray those dangerous prayers. Number three is this. David says this, point out anything that in me that offends you. Point out anything in me that offends you. In other words, David looks to God and he says these famous words. He says, uncover my sins. I need you to uncover the sins that I've, that I've swept under the rug, that I've laid over here to the side. I need you to uncover those sins, God, because I, maybe I don't know what they are. So I need you to uncover them. Show me anything that does not please you about my life. God, I need to know what those things are that are in my life that's offensive to you. God, I need you to, to uncover these things that are in my life so that I can get rid of them so that my life is pleasing to you. Think about the courage it takes for David to pray that prayer, to look at God and say, hey, God, what's wrong with me? Tell me what that is. I've, there are many times... <laughs> There are many times that I've asked my wife those things. What's wrong with me? She says, you're just a weirdo. You're a knucklehead. No, she doesn't. I'm like, what? what? What's wrong? And then you know what? She tells me. And can I be honest with you? There's times that it does not feel good. But you know what I know? She loves me. And she wants the best for me. So if she tells me there's something wrong, I need to change. Simple as that. If God tells me, if God needs to uncover some sin in my life, then I need to change it. I need to live differently. I need to be differently. Why? Because if I'm, if I'm going to be strong enough to pray it, then I need to be strong enough to walk in it. And allow God to do what he needs to in my, li in my life. It's hard to look at other people and say, what's wrong with me? Be careful because they'll, they'll tell you. But listen to me. Don't get offended. Because most of the times they're just trying to help you. I know there are some people that are like, oh, no, they're going to tell you exactly what's wrong with you, and they, they do it in a mean way. But there are some people that will tell you, and they're not trying to offend you. They're just trying to get you to grow and be a better person. Matthew chapter 7, verses 3 says this. It says, why do you look at the speck and sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? Here's what I've learned. We accuse others of the same thing that we excuse ourselves. We will accuse other people of living this way 
and we will excuse ourselves and live the same way that they're living. But we will accuse them, but we'll excuse us. How dare them live that way? I can't believe that Greg would do that. Oh, my gosh. We, we'll, we'll accuse them of doing it, but we'll excuse ourselves. And say, it's okay for me to live that way because you know, you know, I'm just, it's me. You see, David was giving God permission to show him the sin that was in his heart. You remember the story of the rich young ruler? When, when he goes to Jesus and he says, Jesus, he asks Jesus about it, you know, eternal life and all these things, and Jesus begins to talk to him and he says, do this, do this, and, and he goes, well, I've done all those things. And then Jesus goes, well, then there's one thing you haven't done. Sell everything that you need to sell and follow me. Well, hold up a minute. That's not what I wanted to hear. But you asked me how to live. You, 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 you asked me to show you what you needed to do. But I didn't need you to show me that way. See, when, if we ask God to show us what it is, if he shows you what it is, there's a reason why he's showing you. You need to get rid of it. Whatever that, whatever that sin is in your camp, whatever's in your life that is, that is keeping you away from God, you need to get rid of it and, and allow God to search your heart and show you what those things are. 1 John chapter 1, verses 9 says this, But if we confess our sins, sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. You see, God cannot forgive what you won't confess. He cannot forgive what you won't confess. And what happens is, is that we just we hang on to it and we sweep it under the rug and thinking this, oh, it'll just go away. Eh, I'm, it'll go away. It doesn't go away. Because the little foxes that come into the, to the vineyard, they begin to spoil the, the fruit on the tree. And those little foxes begin to eat of the fruit, and they become bigger foxes. You see, it doesn't have to be big sins, whatever big sins are, however you classify sin. It didn't have to be a big sin. It could be a little sin. It could be gossip. It could be lying. It could, whatever it may be. It could be whatever that is. It destroys what God's trying to do in us. It begins to eat of the fruit of the vine, and it destroys us from the inside. What's little becomes big. You know, your kids are little now. For those that have little kids, guess what? They're not going to stay little forever. They're going to grow up. You didn't stay little forever. You grew up. That's what happens in sin. It starts out small and begins to grow bigger and bigger. But what happens is we just like, ah, it's okay, God, I got this. I got this. Don't worry about it. And the last thing is this. Number four. Well, let me say this before I, before I go to number four. You see, a lot of times we'll look at our lives and say, well, I don't have those big sins. But we have sins in our life that God needs to get rid of. God will, God will reveal whatever you ask him to reveal. But then what will you do about it? Whatever you ask God, God said he will reveal it to your life, but then what will you do about it? What happens when you pray that prayer and God shows you what that prayer is, what will you do about it then? And number four is this. Lead me along the right path of everlasting life. David was willing to pray this important prayer. He said these words, search me, teach me, show me, and then lead me. That's what he says. Search me, O God, so that I can get rid of those things in my life. Test me, O God, what is there that needs to come out. Show me what those things are, God, and then lead me in the right direction. 
Search me, teach me, show me, and lead me. That's what God's looking for from every one of us in this room. Everybody look at me just for a second. God's looking for people that will pray that prayer. Search me, test me, show me, and lead me. That's what God's wanting from every Christian in this room. If you claim to be a Christian, that's what God's looking for. Search me, test me, show me, and then lead me. Because there's a lot of times there's things, again, that we sweep under the rug that we forget about. And that's the very thing that's keeping you from where God needs you to be. It's the little foxes in the vineyard that spoils the vine. So whatever that is in our life today, we need God to show us. You see, David cried out to God with a humble heart. David was in a position where he needed God more than ever in his life. He asked God to lead him and to guide him and help him not to go back to his old self. You see, David wanted to continue what God had already started in his life. But in order for that to happen, David needed to make some changes in his life. You see, when we, have the, when we have the courage to pray like David prayed, God will reveal to us what needs to be changed. If God reveals it, then we need to change it. If God reveals it, then we need to change it. I want you to stand to your feet this morning. And Tracy, if you would, I want you to go back to that Psalms 139, and I want you to put that on the screen for me this morning, if you don't mind. Here's my challenge to every single one of us in this room. This week, make this your prayer. Make this your prayer. The very first thing that you pray for in the morning, don't pray for anything else unless God leads you to pray for it. I'm not telling you that. But pray for yourself, number one. And I want you to pray this prayer. Keep praying it. Keep praying until you start seeing change in your life. But here's the deal. That's a dangerous prayer. That's a dangerous prayer to pray. And if you mean it, pray it. But if you don't mean it, then don't pray it. That's between you and God. But David says, search me and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the right path of everlasting life. Search me, teach me, show me, and lead me. That's how David prayed. Search me, O God. Test me, O God. Show me, O God. And then lead me, O God. So that's my challenge. My, my, my pastoral challenge to you this week is every single day pray that prayer. First and foremost, whenever, if it's early in the morning or late at night, we're all going to pray that prayer. I want you to repeat it with me this morning. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. That's what God wants. That's what God's searching for in every, every single one of us. Not perfection. But that's what he's looking for. I want you to close your eyes just for a moment all over this room. Here's what I want you to do. I want you right now in your own silence, in your own heart right now. You don't have to vocalize it, but I want you to pray that prayer. Just begin to pray it to him right now. 
Now remember, it's a dangerous prayer. God may reveal something to you that you need to change. But if he reveals it to you, then you need to change it. That's not my words, that's his words. You see, David wasn't afraid to pray that prayer. Why? Because David was in a position that he didn't want to be in any longer. He needed a change. David was anointing by God. He had God's hand on his life. But somewhere along the journey, he got away from and he began to do his own thing. And we know what happens when you do your own thing. God, today, I pray that every single one of us in this room, God, whatever is there, that whatever is hidden, whatever we've been holding on to, whatever we've tried to forget about, God, I pray that you would bring it to the surface. Bring it to the surface this morning, God, so that we can wipe it off our lives and get rid of it so that we can lead the lives that you've called every one of us to lead. God, show us, search us, test us, Lead us, guide us in our life so that we can be the church that you've called us to be. So that we can be the people that you see us to be, sometimes not what we see ourselves. You don't have to be afraid. And I know a lot of times you're thinking, well, I'm not going to pray that because I'm afraid. Don't be afraid to pray it because I'm telling you, God will do something incredible in your life that you've never seen before because you stepped out in faith and not lived your life by fear. Cherish that old rugged cross. That in that moment, you lay your worries down. That in this life, you carry it around. You you pick it up every single day. And you live how God's called you to live. And that one day, the Bible says that you turn in that old rugged cross for a crown. Search me. Test me. Show me. And lead me. That's what I pray for every single one of you in this room in this week. Not only am I going to be praying it for myself, I'm going to be praying it for you. God, we love you today. God, we want to be more like you. Be led by you to love like you and do all the things that you've called us to do. But it all begins right here. Search us, oh God. Be with us, keep us safe, protect us as we leave this place today. And God, may our lives glorify you. God, may we not make excuses while we can't, but we will look for opportunities while we can and be led by you. Father, I love you and I thank you. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen. God bless you. Have a fantastic week. forgot. Thank you. Ushers, if you guys would come on, we're going to take up that offering. I almost forgot about it. Thank you so much for, you can have your seat just real quickly. Just make, if you're making a check, you just make the check out to the church and then we'll, we'll make one check and give it to, to the church that's distributing all the funds. Guys, this is a great opportunity for our church to be a blessing to this family. So let's pray. Father, thank you today, God, for your word. Because, God, there is always truth in your word. And, God, today I pray for the Green family. God, last week they had to say goodbye to to their little girl, Rosalind. But, God, today we know where she's at. She's dancing in the streets of gold, healed 
completely cancer free with the biggest smile on her face that she's ever had. But God, I pray for Ben and Lauren and the rest of the family, God, as they continue to live their life. God, I pray a peace that surpasses all understanding will come upon their life. God, that they would continue to be led by you. And God, that you would continue to do new things in their life, Father. And may they continue to trust in you more more importantly. God, I pray for a blessing over their family and over their life. In Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said, amen and amen. God bless you guys as you give today. Thank you once again for joining us at Legacy Church. Stay tuned in to our website for updates on events and check out other messages under the online listening tab. We'd love to see you, so join us Sundays at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Have a blessed day.